more, lots of information, but the good news is you don't have to do anything with it. This is just information. So much of the workbook that you have, notebook, is uh, it's just information. If you're reading a commentary and they use uh, some grammatical terms, you can go back and look them up and see, oh, okay, I know what that means. Um, and and uh, it's all there for you, but it's not something you necessarily have to um, memorize. Same thing tonight. There's not much of anything yet. You can memorize anything you want to. Like a couple of weeks ago, we had the definite article. Um, you can memorize those if you want to, especially if you think you want to go ahead and learn Greek. That would be a good thing to, to memorize. We have some prepositions we'll be looking at tonight, and you don't have to memorize them. But if you want to learn Greek, it's it's okay for you to go ahead and do it, but you don't have to do it. Mostly it's just an exposure of parts of speech, and they're there. We're covering it, and it's there in the notes so that um, if you need to look up a term or something, you have a place to go. Uh, but it's not something you have to commit to memory. So um, let's go ahead and get started then. And we'll, especially now that John's here, we can get started. And <laughs> The party can begin. Yeah, now I was just saying that there's a lot of information, but not much you have to memorize. Nothing you have to memorize at all. So it's, it's, it's easy, uh, even though there'll be a lot of information. So we're going to uh, review the alphabet like we always do. We'll review the diphthongs just like we always do. Today we're going to look at pronouns, prepositions, and conjunctions. Not that order, though. I think I need to switch that. I think it's prepositions after conjunctions. We'll go ahead and do some practice reading again. We'll have some insights based upon pronouns and preposition. Not so much on conjunctions. Um, and then we'll have time for questions at the end. So, starting at the beginning. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda, mu, nu, xi, omicron, pi, rho, sigma, tau, upsilon, phi, Chi, Psi, Omega. Oh, we can just go across normal this time. This one is Alpha, Kappa, Eta, Gamma, Yoda, Omicron, Xi, Delta, Mu, Lambda, Tau, Epsilon, P, Sigma, Rho, Chi, yeah, Chi. The problem is when you know English, you look at that and it looks like an X, but it's not. And the line would be right about there. Those two are descenders. This sets the top two set on the line. Bottom two go below it. And then these two letters together sound like I is in aisle. A is in eight or wait. Oi. Foil or oil. We as in how as in sauerkraut. You as in feud. Who is in through? Who is in through? Okay. You guys are doing well with that. So we look at pronouns. Pronouns take the place of a noun. So we can say, see the book. And a book is a noun. It, and we mean the book, is read. And so it replaces book. That's what a pronoun does. It is a pronoun. A personal pronoun replaces a personal noun. Welcome to the intro to New Testament Greek class. We, and that we points back to the class, we love to read Greek. So uh, the noun, or the, yeah, the noun that the pronoun is referring back to, in the case, in this case it was book, and in this case it's class, it's called the antecedent, the thing that came before, and it's, uh, it's what it represents. 
pronouns have person and number. So we'll review English pronouns. We've seen these. We looked at these earlier to so just review. We've got first person. I is singular. We is plural. Second person, you. And could be you or y'all or all y'all or ye if you go with old King James type English. And then third person, he, she, it. So here we have gender as well as singular and plural and as well as first, second, third person. He, she, it, singular. They would be plural. Um, in the objective, that is in the subjective case. Objective case, me, singular, us, plural, you, both singular and plural, you. Um, and then him, her, it doesn't change. Them is plural. But again, in the third person, we have gender again. Possessive case, my, our, your, y'all's, <laughs> his, her, or hers, its, and their. So that shows possession in all those. Speaking of gender, this is probably as good a place as any. Um, Bonnie and I were listening to the Daily Dose of Greek over the it was the weekend edition and he was talking about not basing theology upon gender because there are some like the Jehovah's Witnesses so called they are not Jehovah's Witnesses um, they say well the spirit the word for spirit is neuter so the spirit has to be an it but he's not an it he's a he um, but when we say gender that's this is a grammatical term something we impose on the language to explain how that word shows up under various circumstances. That's what it does. Uh, we call that, so we call that gender, but it has, and sometimes it matches natural gender, but it doesn't, it's not really related to natural gender. And so the Holy Spirit is a he, he's not an it. In other words, like the word for child um, is um also a neuter, but all the children I know are either boys or girls. I've never met one that was neuter, so that that doesn't help you out. Uh, the word for for wisdom, Sophia, is feminine, but the word for foolish is also feminine. It don't it doesn't make any difference. Uh, it, we're just talking about a uh, a way that a word appears in different situations and the f types of changes that it goes through. And, and it's a classification. So we don't build our theology off of gender. Pronouns. Greek pronouns. We looked at English pronouns. Greek pronouns work in a way very similar to English pronouns, but with added nuances. Surprise? No, not a surprise. First and second personal pronouns have number, singular and plural, and case. So you have to know how it's being used in a sentence. Is it the subject? Is it... Um, the direct object, and so forth. So it's in the nominative, genitive, dative, and accusative cases, but not the vocative. You don't use it. There's no way you could use an impersonal or a, I'm sorry, no way to use a pronoun in a direct address situation, um, but not gender for first and second person. The singular genitive, dative, and accusative forms have both emphatic and unemphatic forms. The unemphatic forms are the most commonly used. We'll look at some of these when we get to the insights. But nominative, first person, ego, and that's where we get the word ego because it's all about me, I, ego. But ego in Greek is uh, means I. But me, if it's possessive, like it's mine, this is, uh, these are my glasses, my is mu. That's the... Uh, and you'll notice that some of these look similar to other things that we've seen, like the article or like um, the uh, second declension masculine nouns. Some of the endings will look similar. And so if it's uh, to me, it would be moi. And if, it's, uh, if, it's, if I am the object, the direct object, it will be meh. And then the emphatic forms look exactly the same. We don't have an emphatic first person. 
There's a different way to use emphasis for first person, and we'll have some examples of that when we get to the insights. But for genitive, dative, and accusative, there is a emphatic form, and the, the two things that you'd want to notice, this has no accent, this, this, these three have no accent, but these three do have an accent, and they start with an epsilon. And so that's how you can tell the emphatic pronouns. And second person, you, the Sue, as in boy named. No. <laughs> uh, Sue is still pronounced the same way, but this would be something that belongs to you. It's your. Uh, it's pronounced the same, but it's spelled differently. Soy and se. And for the emphatic, we don't have the additional epsilon on the front, but looky there, we do get the accent marks. And, the, and there are no accent marks under the genitive, dative, and accusative second person pronouns. Third, uh, first and second plural, those were singular. Plural for we, it's um, all these forms look exactly the same except for the first letter. This says a eta, these all have eta, these all have upsilons. Hey mace, hey moan, hey mean, hey mas. And it's for the four cases. And for you, that's we, our, to us, us. But for you, your, all y'alls, actually, <laughs> to y'all and y'all, it's exactly the same, except who mace, who moan, who mean, who mas. One way to remember that is that looks like a U, it's an upsilon, but it looks like a U, but that's all U. Say this is all second person, U. Um, so you can just say who, you, who, it's got the rough accent or rough breathing mark. So it's who, mace, who, moan, who, mean. So who, you, well, that's, and it's you, second person. Hey, it's us. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so I don't know whether that helps or not, but... It's just something that I do. I don't roast, I don't remember this one so much as I do think about you when I I think of the word you when I see these though because of the upsilon. Then the third person singular. Now you'll notice we haven't looked at the other declensions for nouns, but we did look at second declension masculine nouns, and you'll notice that these all will be familiar, and so. When you see this autos, you know that's nominative. When you see auto, it's genitive. Auto with a iota subscript down there. Dative, auton as accusative. That's, um, you'll just notice that pattern. Had we gone through the others, you would have seen the a, ace, a, ain also. You'd, you'd be familiar with that. And when you come to neuter, these two always match. The genitive and dative always match the masculine. Uh, but the Nominative and accusative do not. So he, she, it, his, her, or hers, uh, its, possessive, uh, to him, to her, to it, just him, her, it. So this is the direct object. Okay? Plural. And again, if you have become familiar with the nouns, you would see the, this would be familiar, see the oi, own, ois, us endings, but this, they, guys, these, uh, they, feminine, and those, uh, not really, they, yeah, those, um, neuter, and their, each one of these would be their, because whether it's masculine, feminine, or neuter, it's referring to ownership, of a, a group or more than one anyway. Um, so to him, to her, or to, to, to them, men, to them, women, to those, whatever they are, things, and them, this would always be them as well. So <clears throat> we have some, some examples here. Because the third person pronouns have, they, they work like um, pronouns do in English, 
but they have some other things that they do besides that. Uh, the first usage is similar to English third-person pronoun. Um, they, God, they will see. They will see God. The pure in heart is the antecedent. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Okay? Um, the, the subjects over here, this is nominative. This is nominative. Ha diablos. The devil uh, took him um, into the holy city. But him, this is him. Uh, this is the way we use pronouns. There's nothing difficult about this. Um, you will call the name of him or call his name Jesus. So it's, it's uh, this is the boy that's being born to be the antecedent. So anyway, that's that's all just like English. No, no big tricks or nothing to learn there. The other one of the other things that a third person in, uh, pronoun can do is adjectival intensive. We have an example here: Adolphos. That's the brother. Altos, him. No, it's not him. It's himself. The brother himself. There's ego. We talked about that. I, Paul. Paulos, I, Paul, Autos, him, no, self, I, Paul, myself. And so um, you have this, it's an intensified use of it to, to mean this, uh, self. We'll look at the, some of those when we get to the insights as well. And the last one, oh, here now some more, some more examples on adjectival intensive. Uh, David himself, not he, David, but David himself, he spoke in the Spirit, the Holy. He spoke in the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit. John 4, 2, Jesus, him, no, Jesus, or he, no, Jesus himself. This is the same, same usage. Jesus himself was not, he was not baptizing, but the disciples of his, his disciples baptized. Okay, then the third use for third-person pronouns in Greek is that when a third-personal pronoun is with an accompanying noun inside the governance or the article, that's how we can tell the difference. Those others didn't have the article. No article, no article. Go back to the other ones. Um, this was outside. This The article was there with the noun, but not with the, um, not with the uh, pronoun. And there was no article in this one either. So when it does have a now, uh, an article, it means same. So if we just change the word order around, move this from the back to the middle, ha, autos, autophos, the same brother. Some biblical examples would be uh, and, again, uh, going or after going from or going away. Uh, he prayed the same word or the same thing. So here it's not, it's not it or it's not uh, any other use of a pronoun that we would normally consider, but it means the same. He prayed the same word or it means the same thing. He prayed the same thing. Uh, these are all grouped together the same hour. The Pharisees are over here. That's nominative plural. So some of the Pharisees came the same hour. So that's the same, not her. Uh, so what this means is you can't plug and play definitions. When you look these up in Strong's, it'll give you, well, it could be he, uh, he she, yet, self, same. Well, which, how do you know? We well, have to look and see what else is there. Is it under the governance of the article? Is there no articles? Is it an arthrist? And so um, then you can determine which, which one it is. An arthrist, no article. Okay, can't plug and play definitions. We're going to see that in other things too. But you can't plug and play definitions. Before we came down here uh, to about a year and a half ago, uh, a guy, special speaker, came to Calvary Chapel up in Sioux Falls, and he was making a point, and basically what he did, he didn't know Greek, and so he looked up what a word meant, and it was the word for seek, 
But then he started to try to, but another definition for that was to require. And so he started going to all these other places where that word was used and he started using require. And so I had a little talk with him afterwards. I said, for it to be required of you, it means it has to be used in a passive way. It has, we, we haven't talked about active and passive yet. That's coming up on verbs. We'll start on verbs next week. <clears throat> but you can't just plug and play definitions to make it fit because you have to look at the grammar behind it. And um, and so what he said had some problems to it. This wasn't good Bible teaching. And it works the same way in Hebrew, by the way, for that same word. Well, it's not the same word, but for the Hebrew word. Okay, there's other kinds of pronouns too. There's demonstrative, um, near and far demonstrative. So we talked about that, I think, last week where if it's close, you say this, singular. But if it's plural, you say these, that's close. Far is that or those, that's a farther away. Uh, we that's, why, that's how we do it in English. And uh, there's demonstrative pronouns in Greek. Well, there's some in the notes. We'll talk about that in a little bit. There's also relative pronouns, who, he, who, whom, uh, or even that which, or something like that, relative pronouns. Interrogatives, who, what, those are still pronouns, but those are interrogatives. Indefinite, someone, anyone. So examples of this can be seen on uh, page 18. We'll look at them. There's nothing memorized. We're just becoming familiar with parts of speech. Um, but as we look at the page 18, well, you can see on page 17, the third person, you can see autos, autu, auto, autan, autoi, auton, autois, autus. So when you look at page 18, you see Hutos, notice the rough breathing mark, also on uh, the feminine, haute, uh, you have the rough breathing mark. But you see the hutos, tuto, tuto, tuton, hutoi, tuton, tutois, tutus. So you have the same patterns being followed. That's uh, near, those are the near demonstratives, and then uh, the second set below there, akenos. Uh, that's the far demonstrative. And it follows the same pattern. Akenos, akenu, akeno, akenon, akenoi, akenon, akenois, akenus. And so uh, if you're going to learn Greek, it's helpful to know what these endings are because if you see these, there's a good, and it's a noun related, which is all we've looked at so far. Pronouns are noun related. Uh, you can tell how it's being used. Then I have examples underneath that at the bottom of the page 18. Relative pronouns, hos, hey, ha. Of course, they they have, uh, those are just the nominative. And yeah, I put that there, nominative singular. Those are the nominative singular examples for masculine, hos, feminine, hey, and neuter, ha. And then the in interrogatives, tis, and ti, um, who, or what. And then there's the indefinite pronouns. It looks just exactly like the interrogatives, but there's no accent mark. Tis, ti. That could be someone, anyone, anything. Okay. And, yeah, the endings... For the masculine, that's what we've been looking at. That's uh, something that should be looking a little familiar by now. Conjunctions, moving on. Conjunction is a word used to connect clauses and phrases, sentences and words. Uh, the Greek use is similar to English, so there's not really much to learn there. Uh, examples of English conjunctions, and, but, therefore, then, so, yet, because. There are at least 24 common Greek conjunctions, and we have some on page 19. This is not a complete list, but it just gives you a little bit uh, of Kai. Kai is there a lot. Uh, Allah, but that's there a lot. Un, therefore, yeah, that's in there a lot. Hina, not in as quite as much, but uh, just means mostly in order that or so that. Hati. Now, hati can mean, as I have down on the page here, because or that. But also hati sometimes is used to introduce direct 
a, a direct quote. Uh, he said, Hati, and what you really can do in your translation, you don't say that. He said that, and then go on with it, but just put a quote mark in there in English. That's a good way to handle that one. And de, de is in there a lot too. Those are all very, very common ones. So that's conjunctions. They work pretty much like they do in English. Prepositions. Prepositions work pretty much like they do in English as well. They, as far as the natural use of them is concerned, but the way they're used, I mean, it, it is different. Prepositions, so relationship between two words, usually in regard to location, direction, or time. Like, you can think of prepositions like a relationship of a rabbit to a rabbit hole. It can go into it, it can go around it, it can go over it, it can go from it, it can go, uh, what did I say, run out of it, uh, all that kind of stuff. Over, under, around, through, those are all prepositions. And then a noun, the noun following the preposition is called the object of the preposition. I got into my car. The car is the object. That's what I went into. I got into my car. Into means I got inside of it. And the car is what I got inside of. Uh, all those together are the prepositional phrase. Greek prepositions are similar in function as in English. However, to determine the correct definition, you must look at the case of the object of the preposition. So if we look at the page 19 at the bottom of the page, I have all of the uh, 17 proper prepositions. I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but a proper preposition is um, a preposition that could be joined to a word to make a compound word. There are prepositions that cannot be joined to other words. So those are not proper prepositions. But there are 17 proper prepositions. They can be joined to other words uh, for, with a total of 10,384 occurrences in the New Testament. And they're in 5,728 verses. That means four out of five verses are going to have prepositions. If you're going to learn Greek, it wouldn't be a bad idea to learn the prepositions because that's something you're going to have to learn at some point anyway and get used to. And so... Ana, it says with accusative. Well, ana only happens with the accusative. But if we look down to like epi, which is pretty much the middle of the list there. Um, epi, it's got with genitive, it means upon. With a dative, it means on. And accusative, it means to, toward, or against. Or if we look down at para, about five down, one, two, three, four down from epi, Para, with a genitive it means from, with a dative it means beside, with, or before, and with the accusative it means beside, along, or beyond. And so, what does that mean? Prepositions themselves do not, they're not inflected. You don't have a genitive form, you don't have a nominative form. It always looks just like this, except for, we'll see it on the next page, if it has to do a, an abbreviation. Uh, using an apostrophe. Uh, so what, is, what does he do? You have to. So when I said I got into my car, what you would do is look and see what case car was, and then you can go back and figure out which um, which meaning of the preposition it is. Now in Greek, it was done the other way around. When they're writing, they write a preposition, and then they would make the noun the case that they wanted it to be for that for that preposition, the meaning of that preposition. We have to go at it backwards. We have to look at the noun, find out what its case is, and then come back and define the preposition. That's how we have to read it. So you have to look at the object of the preposition, look at the case of it to determine which definition. So again, you can't plug and play these. You can't just say, well, here's all the definitions for it. I'm just going to pick one. No, you have to look see what else is there. You have to look at another noun, look at something else in the sentence and figure out what it means. The preposition governs the object. The case of the object is determined by the meaning of the preposition in English. Okay, I already said all that. We have to look at the object and then determine the meaning of the preposition. So you can't plug and play the, the definitions. Prepositions are not inflected. We've already looked at the bottom page 17. Then we have all the proper ones listed. Um, and I already talked about a proper one that can be joined into a compound word. Uh, Enopion, here's an example of a preposition that cannot be joined to another word. It means before or in front of. 
then some prepositions will drop a letter when the following word starts with a vowel or might have a different form if the next word starts with a vowel with a rough breathing mark. And so those are on page 20 in a little box to the side. On the right, we have two boxes. The one on the right, we have Allah, but if the next word starts with a vowel, it'll just say all. And you have the apostrophe there to tell you that the ah, the alpha, is missing. Apa, it'll do the same thing. It'll drop the omicron, or uh, if it starts with a rough breathing mark, it'll actually change it to off. But in both cases, you have the apostrophe. So every one of these, you have the apostrophe. Uh, well, not ek. Uh, ek and x. Um, means the same thing it's just it's like we use a and an we don't say a umbrella we say an umbrella or an apple it just is easier to say and it's the same thing here it's just easier to say so that's why they do it so you'd have to recognize these different forms these prepositions are about the only place where you see that happening though so you don't um, you don't see it a whole lot um, or in other cases, I guess, or other um, other uses, just for the prepositions and just depending upon what the next word is. Now, on the box on the left, um, this is actually an image, and it just didn't print well. So it looks like the top word, well, the top one is ana. The top one on the left is looks like Hooter, but it's Hooper. So you might want to make that into, a, it should be a P, not a Tau. It looks, if you look at it really, really close, it kind of looks like it might be P instead of Tau. But uh, that one, Hooper, Epi, the next one, also should be a P for the middle letter. So if you want to make that a little bit easier to tell, it's a P. And then the next one down from that, Peri. That should be a P, not a, shouldn't look like a towel. And then if you skip down to the last two, pros and hupa, those are both P's also. Then on the right side, para in the middle is actually a P. And then you have apa from, and that's the next to the last one. Then para is the last one on the right. So all of those have the letter P, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of them have P, but it's just not clear in this printing. And I need to either change that or redo it or something. Yep, there it is. And even here it looks, that should be P, 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 P. P, P. So this is ana is up. The arrows mean it indicates a direction, whereas huper means above. Uh, epi means upon, so it's on the circle. And so if it's just a line, it just says, well, that's a state. But if it's uh, showing direction, then it's got an arrow. So kata would be down, whereas hupa would be under. Process two. Ace is into, dia is through, n is in, ek is from in the sense of out of, and apa is from, well, and para too, from, it just means from, not in the sense of out of. So this is uh, what the arrows and lines mean. Okay, and we already talked about those. Those are the... Uh, Abbreviations are not abbreviations, but you get a letter drop out depending upon what the next word starts with. So we talked about that. All right. So we're ready to start reading Greek again. How do you feel? Do you want to read along with me or do you want to do the same I pronounce it, you pronounce it after me thing? Well, let's try all together, and if we need to, we'll switch. We, we don't have to 
I'm not trying to be cruel. It's just practice. This is just practice. N. R. K. Ain. Ha. Lagos. Kai. Ha. Lagos. Ain. Pros. Tan. Theon. Kai. Theos. Ain. Ha. Lagos. Notice the rough breathing. Hutas. Ain. En. Arche. Pros. Ton. Theon. Panta. De. Autu. Eginata. Kai. Choris. Autu. Eginata. Ude. Hen. Ha. Geganen. En. Auto. Zoe. Ain. Kai. He. Zoe. Ain. Ta. Fos. Tone. Anthropon. Kai. Ta. Fos. En. Te. Scatia. Fine. Kai. He. Scatia. Auta. U. Kataliban. Aginata. Anthropos. Apestalmenos. <laughs> Apestalmenos. Para. Theu. Anima. Auto. Ioannes. Don't let that bother you. Even in our readers group, I come across a word that's got 20 syllables in it. You know, that's just what you do. You just, <laughs> you just, you just, you just go through it and pronounce every letter and it'll come out okay. <laughs> and E-O-Anes, you have to have a separate syllable for every, every vowel. You have three vowels stuck together there. Okay, let's, well, let's just look at this. But here's N. That's a preposition. N auto. In him was life. Kai conjunction. We've seen that a lot. We've, let's go back to the first one. Here's N. That's in the beginning. N R K. There's a prepositional phrase. Kai. There's a conjunction. And there's another Kai conjunction. Here's another N. N R K. In the beginning. Pros with God. This one was in the beginning with. So we have another preposition here. Pros with God. Uh, here we have to the pronoun. How to. This is the demonstrative. Who toss. That one. Um, the meaning of the word. What's, what's that? Or this one. Yeah, this one. That would be a canos. Yeah, this this one. This one. This is the near the near demonstrative. This one. Which one? This one. Logos. Logos. Um, this one. He was in the beginning. So prepositional phrase. That's the object of the preposition. Uh, pros. The God. Tantha'an. The object of the preposition. Okay. D. That's got an apostrophe. That's dia. That's uh, through. All things through him. Him. Another pronoun. Uh, genitive. If this had been accusative, dia would have meant on account of. But since this is genitive, it means through. All through him became. And here's another chi pronoun. Another. This is not. This is uh, one. It's got a rough breathing. It's one, not in. Okay. And kind of the same thing here. We've got another N. Kai. Uh, Kai. Another N. The light shines in the darkness. Um, from. There came to be a man being sent from Para, from God. His name, the name of him, a name to him, is John. Okay. 
Hutas. This one, Elthin. Oh, that's right. Let's keep reading it. I don't want to. Let's keep reading it. Hutas, Elthin, Ace, Marchurion, Hina, Marchurese, Peri, Tu, Photos, Hina, Pontes, Pistusosin, De, Autu. So we see the near demonstrative again. Uh, he came for a witness or to a witness, to a witness in order that uh, he might witness concerning Peri, concerning the light. So we have the number of prepositions used here. Photos, yeah, that's where we get word photo or photographic or yeah, yep, okay. And here again, de as through because this is genitive. We have to look at the object of the preposition. It's genitive, so this means through. Okay, verse eight, uk, ein, ekenos. That's the that's the farthest demonstrative. Ekenos, <laughs> ta. Um, Phos, al, hina, marturese, peri, tu, photos. Not he was that. That one was not the light. But in order that he might bear witness concerning the light. Okay, verse 9. Ain, ta, phos, ta, alethanon, alethanon, ha, Photidze, Panta, Anthropon, Erkamenon, Ace, Ton, Cosmon. Cosmon sounds like cosmos, cosmos, and that's the world. So, okay, very good. You guys are doing well. And if we start up a readers group, I mean, we'll just do the same thing. We'll just work through it and. Get used, more used to pronunciations, and then we'll talk about what the things mean. It'll be fun. So insights, pronouns. I mentioned to you that there is no emphatic first-person singular pronoun. It's just ego, I. But I said there's a different way to show emphasis. This is it right here. Mark eight. Well, we haven't covered verbs yet, but... As you would imagine, since Greek is a highly inflected language, that you have inflection on verbs, and a part of the inflection on verbs also gives you the person and number. And so this means all by itself, ebaptise. I baptized. Abaptisa. Yeah, not a. Ah. Abaptisa. This means I baptize, but it has I in front of it. I. I baptize you with water. But, that's de, that's one of the conjunctions. But he, he will baptize you with the Spirit Holy, the Holy Spirit. He will baptize. And so this means baptise, that means he will baptize. Um, but we have the pronoun also here. So I, I baptize you with water, but he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. See, you can see, you can see the emphasis now in the translations. You don't get that. Do we understand it? Yeah, we understand it. I baptize with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's easy to understand, but you lack the, the punch of the emphasis. But with, this is proper Greek to use it. He could have written it without ego. He could have written it without, without autos. Uh, and it would, and that would read just exactly like our translations. But when you see this, this is an emphasis, and that is an emphasis. The New King James says, "I indeed," and so they are saying, "I I baptized." So I indeed, they're showing some emphasis here. Baptize you with water, but he, they don't show us any emphasis here. But he will baptize you. It doesn't say he indeed will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So that's just an example. Of, you don't always get the emphasis that's in the original text. Uh, Matthew 26.10, New King James, for she has done a good work for me. Uh, for a work 
good. She worked for me or to me. Eme, uh, that's the emphatic form. She did a good work. They were talking about this could have been uh, this alabaster vial of perfume could have been sold and the money given to the poor. And he said, she did a good work to me. But we don't pick up that emphasis on our translations either. But you do see it in Greek. She's doing a good work to me as opposed to the poor. Uh, to the poor. Okay. Matthew 10, 37. Um, the one loving father or mother above me, not he is worthy of me. And the one loving the son or daughter above me, not uh, he is worthy of me. So we have this emphasis of Eme in two places, excuse me, in the one verse. And again, we read it in English and it makes sense to us, but we don't see the emphasis. Um, The one receiving you, me, he receives. And the one receiving me receives the one who sent me. Uh, so here again you have, now notice this meh is not emphatic, but the one receiving you, me, he receives. And that's also brought forward, so it's emphasized twice. It's fronted, uh, me, he receives. And it's me, it's underlined, you know, or bold print or something. So here again you have uh, an emphasis. Do we understand it in our English translations? Yep, we do, but... We're missing an emphasis. We don't see it. But you read Greek and you see an emphasis. This one is a little more detailed. (laughs) This comes from Luke chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Note the pronouns. Okay, this is the devil talking to Jesus, the temptations during the temptations. The devil refers to I and me, uh, refers to Jesus as you, and refers to the authority over the kingdoms of the earth as it. Um, and also there's some fronting to, to uh, sweeten the offer, as it were. Uh, and there's also some emphatic forms. So let's just, in the New King James, and the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. And I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will bow down and, be, and worship, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Okay? We understand that. But are there emphasis, emphases there? Yes, it is. And, okay, here's the nominative. So this is the subject, the devil and the devil. He said to him, to you I will give. That's almost like the sleazy used car salesman. You know, well, normally we're, we ask uh, 15000 for this, but for, for you, I'm willing to take that down to thirteen nine ninety five or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's kind of what we have here. He's got it fronted. You, to you, I will give the authority, this, uh, all this authority, and the glory of of them. Um, Because to me, here it gives emphasis. This is the emphatic form. To me, um, it has been given, it has been delivered or given, and whomever I wish, I will give it. I'm referring to the glory, the uh, the glory and the authority of of all these. Okay. And then fronted again, you therefore, um, if you will bow down or worship before me, is emphatic. Uh, it will all. It will all be yours. It will all to you, of you. So we have some emphasis there. To you is emphasized because to me it was given. And then fronted over here, um, you, therefore, if you will bow down or if you will worship. So it's got several points of emphasis in there that you don't see in our translations.
let's look at the whole thing, get the whole context here. We're only going to look at the last verse. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. But we just want to look at the last part of here. Uh, but may the God of all grace, starting from there on down, uh, and the God of all grace, the one having called you into the eternal glory of him in Christ, a little uh, having suffered himself, he himself will restore. He will establish. He will strengthen. He will, this says settle you, but this like lay the foundation. He will lay the foundation. So we see, not in the translation, but we see the emphasis on he will do this. He will do this. He will do this. He will do this. He will restore. He will establish. He or stand, yeah. He will establish. He will uh, strengthen and he will lay the foundation. He himself will. So this is a case where this is not he, this is himself. Because we, the he is carried right here, 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 and here in all the verbs. So some more emphasis. John 2, 22, or 24 through 25, New King James says, But Jesus did not commit himself to them because... He knew all men, men is in italics, it's not there, it's just all, and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew, not what, <clears throat> for he knew what was in man. We're just going to focus on the first part of the verse. Uh, here we have autos, there's this conjunction and Jesus. So Jesus himself was not entrusting himself to them, on account of or because himself to know all and then people, all men. So on the surface it looks redundant, but this is a strong contrast to Jesus, of Jesus to humans. And there are many, 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 these are just, this is just a small sampling, many, many um, places where you'll see either an emphatic use of a um, pronoun with having the the um, epsilon on the front, like no, nope, like this one, moi. That's the emphatic form. Uh, those are you'll see a lot of those. You'll see uh, the himself or even the same. Um, fact is, we even get the word automatic from the same. This automatic is something that does the, uh, or well, that actually does something for itself. Yeah, never mind, that's not itself. But anyway, that's another use of it. That's where we get it. Um, but there are many, many different emphases like this. The fronting, the pronouns using the emphatic form, or using the pronoun in an emphatic way with the noun. And I said, and I know I mixed the metaphor here. We're scratching the surface of the iceberg, as uh, the t- or the tip, I should have put the tip of the iceberg, scratching the surface of the, of the tip of the iceberg. It's two metaphors, but I mixed them on purpose because it really is, there's a lot of this. I just picked some. Now, regarding relative pronouns, we didn't talk about that a great deal, but I wanted to give you one here in the insight. Matthew 6, 116, New King James Version says, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. The to whom does the of whom refer? In English, it could be Joseph. Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus called Christ. It could be Mary, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Christ. Or both, Mary, the, Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom both of those was born Jesus who is called Christ. In English, we could it could be any of that. But when we look at, look at it in Greek, Jacob... Uh, and Jacob, he begot Joseph, uh, the husband of Mary, from whom, and this is a feminine ending, out of whom, 
uh, he was born, Jesus, the one being called Christ. So this ex ace, haste rather, ex haste, points directly at Mary, not at Joseph. Uh, points directly to the virgin birth uh, because Jesus was born of Mary, but not of Joseph. Meticulous Matthew displays intentional precision on his account, out of whom it's a feminine, singular, relative pronoun, points specifically at Mary. Uh, also, in the whole genealogy, you read in the first chapter of Matthew, the whole genealogy, all of the begetting are all active. I know we haven't talked about verbs yet. Uh, we'll start talking about that next week. But um, all of them are active, and this one in this verse is the only one that's passive in a genealogy. All 39 others are active. Okay, so we've looked at pronouns, relative pronouns. Okay, prepositions, anti. You've seen this a lot every time you've ever said the word antichrist. Well, that comes from anti uh, in Greek or uh, antithesis or I don't know. There's a lot of words we have that, that pick up on this. It's a preposition that is not used that many times, only 22 times in the New Testament. Uh, but it was a preposition. Languages change over time. Um, English has, Hebrew has, uh, all languages do. Uh, but this particular preposition really was used pretty much the same way, even from back at the time of Homer to modern times. It means instead of or in place of uh, or in exchange for. Now, when it becomes a, when it's used as a, um, in a compound word, it means has more of an against meaning. But by itself, it doesn't mean against. It means in place of, instead of. And some have tried to argue to alter the meaning to be on behalf of, but that does not work. There is another, Huper, uh, another preposition that means that or can mean that. Uh, but their arguments have been researched and weighed and found wanting. So it doesn't mean on behalf of, it means instead of or in place of. Now, what does that mean to us? In the Septuagint, Genesis 44:33, this is the place where Joseph's brothers had come to Egypt. Joseph was second ruler of the land under Pharaoh. Um, His brothers, he's, he's entrapped them. And they come back to him. They don't know it's Joseph. And he's rigged it in such a way that he wants his youngest son or his youngest brother, Benjamin, to stay with him. And Judah pours out his heart to Joseph and tells about how this will just kill his old father because his father's heart is bound up in the, or his soul is bound up with the soul of the, of the boy. And, and so Judah is pouring out his heart. And he just can't, he told, he told his dad he'd be surety for the boy. And so he's saying, Joseph was saying, he's the one that took my cup, which he didn't. That was planted. He said, he's the one that took my cup, and so he's the one who will be my slave. And Judah's saying, uh, I can't go back to my father and not have him with me. So he says, now, therefore, now, therefore, um, let your servant remain, the servant of you, to you, remain to you, in place of, instead of the boy, uh, a household servant uh, of my Lord, of the Lord, and uh, and let the child go back with the brothers, um, his, his brothers. And so... He is offering to remain and be the slave of Joseph instead of, in the place of, his brother. Okay? That's pretty easy to see. Now, in the New Testament, we have a couple of places where this is used. Like I said, it's only used 22 times anyway. But I just want to look at a couple of them. Matthew 20, 28 and Mark 10:45. Now, these both, both basically say the same thing except for like the first word here. Uh, this is just as the son of man, not he came to be served, but to serve and to give the soul or life of him a, a, a 
ransom in place of many, instead of many. This one is is exactly the same except for and for also, for also the son of man, not he came. And from that point, it's all exactly the same. Okay. So he says that Antti, that he came to be a, a ransom, not on behalf of, but in the place of many in both of those. So this is a clear picture of the substitutionary atonement of Jesus. The life of Jesus, not only in the, not only is the price paid for the redemption of many, uh, but he did this by nothing less than a step into our places, enduring the divine, enduring the divine wrath to make propitiation. Yes, he paid the price for the sin of the world. Yes, he was the propitiation who took away God's wrath against sin. Yes, his provision was on our behalf, but yes, he did this by taking our punishment in our place in exchange for, in place of, points, in exchange for points to the results of his vicarious suffering and the meaning of in place of points to the method by which this redemptive work was accomplished. He took it in our place. Any questions? There are places where it does say on behalf of. That would be um, on the, the list on page 19. The next to the last one, Hooper. If if it's with the genitive, it means in behalf of. Um, and there are places, and to be honest, Hooper is used more than Anti, but it's a different as we've seen, that has a different connotation to it on behalf of as opposed to, as opposed to in place of. But there are places where it's specific and says, he did this in our place. He took, took it instead of us, just as Judah was offering to stay to be the slave instead of in place of his brother. Um, so sometimes we have to look at the exact example because there are places where it uses Hooper and it doesn't mean on behalf of. And he certainly did die on our behalf. But how did he die on our behalf? He did it by taking our place. That was the way he accomplished it. Uh, Not for those I didn't. Uh, I should have. I should have. I should have put the New King James up there. Yeah, well, this is my translation in place of, in place of, instead of. That's my translation. You know, I didn't, I I should have put that in there, and I think I thought about that, and then I didn't do it. Um, We could, uh, it wouldn't take long to look. I think there's borrowed Tom's. This is uh, probably New King James. Matthew 2028 Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So it doesn't actually go either way with that. Okay, what was the other one? Mark 10:45. Let's take a look at that. Yeah, I need to get the King James, New King James up there on that slide. I'll have to break it into two slides though. It won't fit. 10:45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So yeah, they don't even they don't even go there in place of many. It's ransom for many. It's like they just ignored that that word is there altogether. To give the life or the soul of him a ransom of many. Yeah, they just they dropped the preposition altogether. How about that? So, any other questions? That was a good question. 
I will fix that. I'll fix it on the slides for the next time. <laughs> Anything else? Well, you all are doing real well with the alphabet. If you haven't done the the uppercase letters, that might be good. You know, I'm not trying to give you extra work. It really depends on you how far you want to take it. Uh, you guys are doing well on the thongs, and I think you're noticing the, the uh, breathing marks and everything. Uh, we'll continue to practice John 1, but you can practice on your own if you have time. I think you all have done your worksheet too, right? Uh, you can also write notes. Um, I would say the article chart or maybe even the preposition chart if you wanted to continue to learn Greek. Again, there's no pressure to do that now. You can take your time, but those will all be things you could do. Okay, all done. Thank you.